and welcome to Coffee and Catholics, a Catholic women's talk show podcast. I'm Stacy, one of your hosts, and with me I have... Hi, I'm Alicia. I'm Annie. And I'm Lauren. Hello, and welcome to Coffee and Catholics. This week we're talking about the virtues of temperance and generosity. Of course, like our last previous episode... We will also be weaving in humility in our discussion. And if you did not listen to our previous episode, the episode 59, the one right before this, we talked about patience and kindness. So if you want to go back after listening to this one to listen to that one, feel free. Oh, and let's kind of remind our listeners why we're choosing to weave that humility virtue throughout the discussion as opposed to giving it its own episode we had a specific intention with that and that was because humility is truly the virtue upon which all the other virtues hang and so without humility it is very difficult to develop any of these virtues or to allow the lord to develop any of these virtues in you in a meaningful way and so that's why we decided to structure it a little differently or structure it like that and by humility just for anybody who didn't listen to the previous episode um, it doesn't really have a, a good understanding of what humility is because humility does kind of get a bad rap sometimes. Humility isn't thinking less of oneself. It's thinking of oneself less. I can't remember who who said that. But um, it's basically looking, to, turning your, your focus from, you know, to uh, from yourself and looking at God and looking at other people out of love for them um, instead. And so um, when we talk about temperance tonight, uh, we're also going to be talking about that in the terms of kind of moderation and pacing oneself. Or um, one of the examples I had talked about before we started recording was even when I discipline my children, how much I discipline them, because at some point it turns into nagging and not and there's nothing good coming out of that at that point. So just knowing when to hold back, I guess, is what the, that's what we're going to be kind of using that framework of temperance. Mm-hmm. One of the things that Alicia had said was that most of the time when we think of the word temperance, we think of things like, uh, for example, the temperance movement or a temperance as an abstinence from alcohol or another substance or with food. But that's actually not where we're headed only tonight we may touch on that some but we're actually talking about the way that the virtue of temperance plays out more in our relationships as women with each other and with our families and with our husbands and how we can develop it more in the arena of those of our vocation of those areas but i think we are definitely going to talk about food too because i like food (laughs) And Alicia likes food. I like food. Like <laughs> so, so for us, that's like, you know, maybe we should talk about that too. <laughs> yeah, well, because temperance defeats gluttony in yes. terms of the seven deadly sins. Mm-hmm. And what I, I think when most people think about gluttony, they think about food. And I know mm-hmm. that's an issue for me. <laughs> so <laughs> it has been very much in the so especially we, we with, all need food like it's you know like yeah. and it's like when you think about temperance in terms of like you know with alcohol if you you know if you if you truly have you know an issue with alcohol and alcohol you can cut out and you know stuff but we can't cut out food right and that's what makes mm-hmm. it i think so difficult to have temperance with food is because you you do have to have mm-hmm. it <laughs> well and just because we're on the food kick to or 
topic right the second, I was just thinking about how also when we hold back, like, you know, one of the things when my kids, we go somewhere and there's a, bu- a buffet in front of us, or mm-hmm. like, you know, we go to a party with our friends and everybody has brought some sort of treat to share. They want to just attack the treat table, <laughs> but having that temperance of only taking one or two or whatever also plays into generosity, which we're also talking about tonight, where we are thinking about other people and their needs before ours. So temperance can also play into that, where we are mm-hmm. holding back for the for the benefit of others. Yeah. Well, and we're recording this right after Halloween oh, yes. and going <laughs> trick or treating with my kids and nieces and nephews, and how they just like that they, their hands grew five times bigger than they actually were. And their hands got the candy bowl and just. <laughs> Grabbed all the candy and I had to keep telling them, like, no, put it back. <laughs> like, you know. uh, I, Anna, when my, my niece was amazing at this, she, my little two-year-old niece, she kept going up and uh, she was a little more generous in hers. She uh, thought she had to trade a piece of candy to get one. She Aww. would go and put one of hers back, which I thought was really <laughs> sweet. That is really sweet. She's put in my bowl. <laughs> <laughs> right. That would be very funny. generous. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Segway. well and even in that you know that whole like what alicia is saying earlier about humility that plays a big part in that too the thinking of others before we think of ourselves so when we think about temperance and generosity that that whole i think we think of like the objects that we're looking at or the things that we're giving people and a lot of times it can also be more about taking that selfishness trying to push that away and thinking about others and thinking about what God wants us to do in those situations. So well, if you're thinking less of yourself, then you're, it just follows mm-hmm. that you're going to be more generous. You're going to be consider about what, what, how is this going to bring greater glory to God? Mm-hmm. Um, I see with like within my kids, I have one of my sons is incredibly generous and the other one is not as much. That's not a, a, a virtue that comes naturally to him. I, I, I find myself comparing them a lot, and I know that's not a very generous thing upon you know for me. But I, I see um, one of them how generous he is, and the other one when he's not, I'm like, well, you're like in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, he's just being so selfish. But that's not always what it's about. Like it's really it's that trying, you know, like he doesn't see it that way. Well, and I think um, I think temperance and generosity can go hand in hand in terms of. I think that temperance and generosity can go hand in hand um, in terms of like, like, for instance, one of the issues, like we were talking about how much we like food. I, it's, I started a rule with myself that after nine o'clock at night, I'm not allowed to eat anything. It doesn't matter how late I stay up. I just, I'm not allowed to eat. And part of it started mostly because I was noticing how much weight I was gaining and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm eating too much at night. And also, I'm starting to eat this out of house and home here. <laughs> I don't need to, like, eat that much. And so I decided to cut back. But also part of it was, like, I'd been thinking for a while about mortifications and how mm-hmm. I wanted to increase those because I've been learning more about those and just how beautiful that was. But I hadn't really, like, hit the on button because I was just feeling very greedy about, like, mm-hmm. well, you know, like, that sounds uncomfortable. I don't want to be uncomfortable. But I think when you, if you can learn how to um, grow in the virtue of temperance, 
it is kind of a generous that you can you can use that as a generous thing that you're giving to God. Um, if that makes sense, I think. Um, this is one thing I, I try to remember to do. I don't always do it, but you know, after but after nine o'clock and I'm wanting that snack, you know, I try to offer it up for somebody. You know, it's like that's a mortification. You can mm-hmm. offer it up to God, um, you know, just for God, for his sake, for his glory, just to say thank you, God, for you know, the ability to do this mortification. It's so simple, it's so it's so small and I made such a big deal out of it for so long in my mind of, you know, I didn't want to do this thing because I didn't want to be uncomfortable. And I've actually now learned to kind of love that feeling of Mm -hmm. being hungry at night, not just the feeling itself, but just, I think partly the feeling and also because there has meaning behind it. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, that's been, I think more broadly in my life, that's kind of been my, experience with temperance and I didn't even think about it as being like you know possibly a, a, um, in line with like a you know generosity at all until just now but in terms of generosity towards God trying to be Holy Spirit you're just like nudging me this whole time telling me you know like I I, I went to a retreat recently at, by our wonderful Lauren here um, and uh came to mind to me and I, I even said it there that I need to delete my Facebook app again like because I do that every once in a while and that's something that I really struggle with and like Alicia here talking about how you like are this mortification that you're that you're doing with with food and for me like I know that like social media has been a you know an issue with me um again like it goes kind of in waves um but I really feel like God's like saying okay this is it you need to like do that because it's not just like about whether or not I like, because sometimes that moderation that you're needing, that temper, like, it's, you do, I do need to just, like, cut it out. Like, you know, I think that there's a place for different social, for social media, for sure. I mean, like, so many of our listeners, like, know us from Facebook, or, you know, yeah. <laughs> so our please don't stop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but <clears throat> when it be, has become, and it ha- like, for me, it's been kind of a place of refuge when I need to, like, when I'm shutting down from oh, being overwhelmed by my kids, or something like that. And it's that, it's a, by eliminating that from being a possibility, it's going to help me be more generous in my time to them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you just kind of motivated me a little bit more. So after we're done recording, you guys should have me get on there and delete that. <laughs> well, because it really, a social media can be very much a gluttonous thing. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Because you know? I mean, I, I used to be on it so often, my kids would be mommy 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 what and they'd say something to me and I'm completely zoned out Uh uh-huh and I didn't hear them and I would do that all the time and it's so sad because I started noticing it in my kids Mm -hmm. like they're like you know mom doesn't want to talk to me mom has no time for me you know like I'm not as important as a phone that's in her hand and how absolutely sad is that Mm -hmm. that a child would think something like that they never said that but I could see it on their faces Mm -hmm. and for a time I'm ashamed to say I saw it I knew it and I mm-hmm. still chose the phone over them. That's sad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I know that there are many people who, who do that. So I'm not, I'm not trying to say that as like a judging way. Just objectively, that is a really sad thing. Right. It is a gluttonous thing. It is, it is a greedy thing to say, you know, my, my kids, to tell my kids basically by my actions that I want to spend time here looking at my phone, scrolling mindlessly, then creating memories with you and giving you that one-on-one attention that you need. You know, and that you you ought to have, that you deserve to have by virtue of our relationship with one another. Yeah. And I think it bears saying here, too, that 
it is absolutely a thing that mothers need to detach when their kids are overwhelming and take oh, yeah. breaks and have those places where they can just zone out for a little bit because that is actually a form of a brain break. But I, I think um, that you're right, Alicia, that what we're doing is the easy thing. It's just going straight to the phone. And I've seen that I've in, in this last year, our whole family's made a commitment to detach from smart media and all of that stuff in order to be more present to each other. So I'm with you. I'm tracking with you on that. And that's been a journey for us. But uh, not so, all from social media, obviously. Again, my work is on social media. So, But when I'm with the kids during the day, we I got rid of our smartphone. My husband doesn't have a smartphone. So that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, I do know that moms do need to have those moments throughout the day where they retreat from the noise and rejuvenate. And the phone is the easiest way to do that, but it's becoming a crutch in a lot mm-hmm. of people's lives. So I think that we have to figure out how to be – I think for me, um, I tend to do the thing that allows me to escape, which is okay, but what, what I when what I really need is rest. I was just this. Thank you so much for saying that. Continue. I, I well, I think that. and I that's hard to separate and digest and figure out in your own life what is and isn't. But I feel like we should spend some time with that when we're talking about temperance, just in our own lives and our each of our listeners to try and figure out what are the ways that I can actually rest and re- recharge my soul. And for me, there's just certain things I do that just instantly just refuel me and it doesn't take very long. It's definitely not scrolling on my phone. <laughs> yeah, that's a break. And yes, it does provide that little brain break. But to me, the benef- the negatives of that just far outweigh. I need to feel better. The idea of rest is to feel better, right? It's to recharge or to get more energy. Well, so. You said that little break. I think that is part of it too. Is like, it's not those breaks on social media. Okay, two three minutes looking at, you know, something isn't going to isn't the same as getting stuck for thirty minutes looking mm-hmm. at something. Right. So it's that temperance again of limiting yourself. If like, mm-hmm. if that's something that helps you, then fine. But maybe limit your time there, and then or change what you're looking at during that time. Like maybe instead of getting on, you know, Facebook for 30 minutes, limit yourself to three and use the rest of that 30 minutes to get onto like your Hello app or your Ladate app or whatever and mm-hmm. turn that more into a prayer time or turn on some music or something like and kind of like you're saying rest. Like maybe mm-hmm. take that time instead of getting sucked into mindlessly scrolling you know, try to moderate your time on there. If it's not something that, you know, you can give up as easily right now, you know, there's. Yeah, it's just for yeah. all of us, this has been yeah. a process. I mean, it has been years that we just as friends have been sitting down together at mm-hmm. this table recording. And before we record, we're always talking about how, how can I detach from this phone? So we have been <laughs> at this, like we have been at this at our round table, working through these processes for years <laughs> and it's little baby steps. So it takes time to figure out how to move away from the things that are not serving you. And I think that's super important because it isn't serving my purpose at this thing that I'm doing too much of. It's not making me who I want to be. It's not transforming me. And I know in my life, the biggest 
thing that the, the, the biggest way that I see God nudging me toward temperance has to do with just saying no to myself sometimes for the sake of saying no. And also with my kids, like when we go into a store, kids will get into the habit of thinking they're going to get something every single time, whether it's something they needed like socks or um, candy or something from the dollar shop, which we all know is our way of getting 20 minutes in Target to browse by ourselves while they're at the Target shop or the dollar <laughs> shop. Okay. These are the ways we try to survive. But you know, I'm just saying, but like, so they get into the habit and I get into the habit of going into the store and seeing something that I want or need that I could afford, that is fine for me to get, but just saying no anyway, mm-hmm. just to train my brain, you don't need that just because you can or want to. So for me, it's little things like that where I see God, and, and with the social media too, and any technology actually in our house. Um, yeah, it's fine. Sure. Okay. But no. Why? Why won't you buy it for me? Because we don't want to train our brain mm-hmm. to have an emotional or a, or a addictive response every single time we go into a store. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're doing, you know, when we do these things and these patterns over and over again, is we're training ourselves in a negative manner. And then we feel sad mm-hmm. when it doesn't happen. And when I remember having this conversation with my son when he was like four, telling him, you don't want your brain to get into negative patterns. So we have to say no to ourselves sometimes. But I should say that to myself in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel it's like it's not any easier for the four year old or for me than it is for him. Yeah, I feel so. like I'm constantly telling like my kids things and turning around and thinking, but I'm, well, I'm not doing this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was our entire reason for just getting rid of the smartphones because we are not allowing that for our children mm-hmm. at all. Not at all. Yeah. I don't care what their cousins do. I don't care. We mm-hmm. will figure it out. What about practice? We'll figure it out as we go. For now, it's a no. It's a straight up no. Mm-hmm. But we couldn't say to them, you can't be on this because social media is damaging or you can't because too much technology isn't good for you and be doing the same thing ourselves. Mm-hmm. So we knew that we had to make a pretty major switch before they got to that age where they were going to be wanting them. So that we could say, look, we gave this up for you to show you how you did it, how to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, see, that beautiful. makes me think about uh, my son actually just called me out on something like that the other day. I think it was yesterday. Um, they are allowed to have, they, they get to watch TV on Saturday and Sunday, and then they get typically one day during the week to watch TV. They get like maybe one or two, two times during that day to watch TV because we were just watching too much. We were yeah. very gluttonous in that regard. Yeah. And I was using yeah. it as my break, but I'd let them watch for like two or three hours. Mm-hmm. And then they'd be like completely fried and in mm-hmm. cranky moods. And it was just bad. And I, mm-hmm. I realized like, I, I wasn't paying attention to them the way yeah. that I should have. That's still a struggle so, in our house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we've really reduced that screen time. But, um, you know, so on the day, like my, my rule for myself has been with social media, like a practical way that I have gotten myself away from it is that I am not allowed, I don't allow myself to get onto social media until I do my, until I uh, pray my afternoon prayers. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if I can to get to do those right after lunchtime, which is my usual time to do them, or if we had a bunch of stuff going on in the afternoons and I can't get to it until five o'clock in the evening. Like I'm not allowed to get on YouTube or Facebook or anything like that before that point. And, um, but 
as I was scrolling through and like looking at, you know, YouTube for a bit, he was like, well, it's, we're not supposed to have screens, mom. And so why do you get to have them? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They and I, and I had just you, been thinking about just for a short period of time about how, you know what, like I'm telling them, showing them that they need to have that, that reduced screen time. And technically I am compared to what I've been doing mm-hmm. before, right. mm-hmm. but looking back now, like once he said that, I was like, oh, Pretty sure that was a nudge by the Holy Spirit. Mm, they do. You know what they I mean? And I you. honestly, and I, 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 I have this feeling in me now, like, oh no, because I'm like, I still <laughs> said no. Like I'm still looking at it every day. But now I'm thinking about cutting it out on like many days, like maybe making it like my kids, like I only get to watch, you know, get on social media on those specific days when they get to. I think but, we just have to listen to the Lord. I mean, He will tell us what we need to do. Mm-hmm. Like. And it'll be different for everybody because different yeah. people have those uh-huh. urges in different directions. And mm-hmm. when I think either way, what it boils down to in terms of we're specifically talking about temperance versus gluttony here is detachment. We just had an episode about living out our purgatory here on earth and how that has to do with detachment. That if you are so attached to something that it's taking up your time to focus on God to have a personal relationship with him, to live out um, your Christian duty in this life, then if you still have that attachment on your soul, are you going to go straight to heaven? I mean, I I can't say for sure because I'm not God. I can't make that judgment. But from what we know about, you know, going to heaven, if if we are still attached to things of this world, then we don't have our entire hearts opened up to the Lord. We don't have that room on our hearts for him. And that still has to be chipped away. Mm-hmm. And so are we living out of purgatories now by saying, okay, God, I'm going to detach from these things that are really hard for me. Or am I just going to keep on making excuses and live out my purgatory after death? Mm-hmm. You know, that's the, that's the question that comes to my mind. So I, was, I, was just saying, I really like the definition that um, Kayleen Brown wrote in her, um, the Magnifying 90 book she wrote. It's a, she defined temperance as saying it's, it is the restraint against things we know don't help us become the saints we're meant to be. And I just really like that. And um, kind of, you know, thought that really went with what Alicia was saying about living out our purgatory here on earth and um, how temperance really brings us to finding that, that balance of, you know, with God within the world that we have to live in. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of restraint against because it mm-hmm. isn't a hard say no to all the time. It's mm-hmm. restraint against. So mm-hmm. yeah. sometimes, you know, th- there's a time and a place for all of these things mm-hmm. if we need them in our lives, if they serve us, if they bring pleasure and joy. But there needs to be a restraint against those things. It's just a careful watch over yeah, an overabundance of those things. Yeah. yeah. And I had two things that I thought about while you were talking about your, your and your family's screen time. Um, one, going back a little bit, you're talking about them being, and my kids do this too, and they have too much screen time, they get a little bit irritable or grumpy, they've been fried, you know, they're zoned out. And I was thinking about how any time we're gluttonous with anything, like we eat too much food, we just sit there. Right. Like we're miserable. Anytime we're gluttonous, like anytime some sort of gluttony is there, there's this miserable like state which then affects our relationships with others and who are irritable, where you are not generous. Like you're saying, like when your kids were coming up to you and you weren't really listening to them and we're not, you know, I, th- I thought of like mother Teresa, how people always talked about how she was right, right mm-hmm. there with them. She was generous with 
herself within that time and that presence. And when we have been over gluttonous, we can't be generous with ourselves, with others, because we're just so like, sometimes in pain and full, we're just too full of other stuff that doesn't need to be there. And then you were talking about detachment. It made me think of um, a recent homily. I want to say it was last night, which as we're recording last night was all souls day. Um, But our priest was talking about how um, purgatory, one of the ways he sees it is like this big, huge fire hose that's opened up to wash us of our detachments. Mm -hmm. And we, it's just this wave. He said, but he talked about how, when he was a kid, his babysitter was washing her car it with a power washer and he thought it'd be fun to run through it. And he ended up getting cut because oh, yeah. it's yeah. so, because the power washer is so much you know, pressure, you know, high yeah. PSI, very small like stream. And he ended up getting cut yeah. from it. And he's like, just because it's water and or just because you know, purgatory, it has this good thing where we're getting washed and of our, it's of our attachments and, but it can be painful. And so he, that's why, so he's like, so he sees it as this huge fire hose, like high pressure, like cleansing of us, of our attachment. So when you're talking about that detachment, that made me think of that homily. Mm -hmm. And we're given the benefit here on earth of having um, the communion of saints and the companionship and help of the saints to detach from these things, their example, their stories, their witness, the help of the Holy Spirit, the prayers of our friends, the companionship of our friends to get rid of our attachments or to put ourselves in a position for the Lord to remove our attachments. That's actually really important. You can't do that on your own. But we have all those benefits here. Those benefits will not be as available to us in purgatory. And so, you know, we don't have those ready helps to, to get us to toward union with God the way we have here. And it, it's much more difficult after we die to deal with these things, but they must be dealt with. So um, I love that he said that. That's really beautiful. And I think that's cool that it's a great segue into talking about generosity when you're talking about feeling so full from your gluttony. (laughs) And it goes, you know, I I thought about something as you were talking. I think that there are a lot, and maybe um, this is just, maybe there's someone who's listening who really struggles with just an over full schedule or just this desire to be busy all the time. Now I'm not saying we're not all over full with our schedules because we are. And part of that is because we have children and they just, you know, they're stuff. But I wonder too, if we couldn't be more temperate with the way we um, think about how we use our time. Are we making space for silence? Are we protecting silence in our life? Are we protecting family time, uh, downtime, time to just create and make and be I wonder if we couldn't be more, as Americans, um, a little bit more temperate with how many things we do. Because how on earth can you have conversations with people when you only see each other for an hour a day? Mm-hmm. Or even some, that's a lot, actually, for a lot of families. And so I think that's a question that is fair, that should be asked. Are the activities that we're doing outside of our home benefiting us as a family as individuals how is it allowing for the protection of silence in our children's lives are they do they have time to pray are we teaching them to pray do we have time to teach them to pray like these are the things we can't rely on the church to do these things this is our job Mm -hmm. as parents 
And if we allow ourselves to become so busy that there's no time to discuss how to become a saint with these little people who we're trying to shape to be saints, that warrants a look mm-hmm. <laughs> at and what's going on. It requires a lot of humility to recognize yeah. those moments like in your life. It's like, I know I, I've i had times where we've been, like you said, just really busy with all the different things and had to really step back and say, okay, where what is our focus as a family? If our focus as a family is to be getting our everybody in our family to heaven is everything in our family, everything that we're doing in order, order towards that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, you know, it's kind of, it's hard. Like it's hard to mm-hmm. step back and say, oh, well, well, but we really like that. Which like, is we fine really too. Want to do that. If it's bringing you close together and right. you like it, but you have to ask those hard questions. Right. Well, right. I had a, you know, so I, t- I teach, I we homeschool, but I also teach some places. And I had a parent ask me today, um, our, my kids had enrichment. We also had co-op and we had enrichment. So we have, we have a lot of these things. And one of the parents asked me today, she, um, she goes, so how do you get all your schoolwork done? Like, and it's, it's always really kind of, I always feel like I'm tiptoeing around because we're, you know, we're at school where the curriculum is very stringent. Like you, like there's, it's set out each day what you're supposed mm-hmm. to be getting done. And I just looked at her and said, some days we don't. And I was like, but, the th- you know, like today, on Thursdays, for my family, the focus, our co-op is more focused on the arts. Like we have arts, uh, artist study and a composer study and a poet study. And we have maps and and in the spring part of that turns into the Shakespeare study. And so it's all these like literary and fine arts focus and my, my my kids are having these discussions with with their peers and what's nice is they're all learning about the same composers and poets and so we come home and we continue that discussion at home so what did you learn about robert frost today or what did you think of the um russian dance from the nutcracker and so we continue those conversations and while yes the written work is important i feel like this this beauty that they you know learning about this beauty and being able to discuss beauty is also important and then yes we had enrichment after co-op which was art and pe and music and here they're taking what they just discussed in their co-op and using it in practical ways at enrichment and then they had chess club right after it was all in like one like in the same building but it seems like a lot and yes we may not get to all the written stuff sometimes but those are kind of like the practical, like the, if our job is to show our children truth and beauty mm-hmm. and ha- let them discuss it and talk about how, and then go home or even on the way home, talk about how God plays into all of that. I don't feel like that's all going to be found in books. And yes, we are going to learn about the saints lives and things through books and reading and discussion. But they also have to learn more about the natural world and the beauty that can be put together. And so you're talking about getting these schedules and it's all busy, busy, busy. Sometimes you can't do it all. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's okay not to do it all because there's still things being, there's still growth happening mm-hmm. when you don't get to all of it. I think we find that a lot in the, um, in the vault, like when you're involved in church groups as well. And mm-hmm. like, you feel like you, you know, because it's for church, yeah. you know, so it's, it's something that like, you keep asking, you know, 
being asked to do something, or if you're you're trying to show be more generous in your time for the church or the or what you do, and there has there sometimes needs to be like temperance in that because like you said mm-hmm. you can't always mm-hmm. say yes to everything and recognize that like yes these are ordered to God, but if they're causing you to be having negative like thoughts yes. and like anger <laughs> towards so and so a church who keeps asking you to do something you know like there needs you know that's not bringing you. Closer to, and, and there needs to be definitely a, um, you know, look at those things as well and in, in your lives, in my life, I know. Or if it's <laughs> taking your focus away from the spiritual direction and development of your children because yes. you're focused mm-hmm. on all this other stuff that you're doing, which is all good and great and beautiful stuff, you've got to change what's happening. Because mm-hmm. your primary, my primary job is to form my children to seek God, to know how to seek God. And to respond to him when he calls them in little ways and big. And that is not something you can just slough off. That actually takes you making time to do that. Mm -hmm. And I know in my life, we are homeschoolers. So there should be no reason why we don't make time for that, right? Mm -hmm. But it's a temptation, man. (laughs) Because there's that pressure to get all that academic work done. You know, Mm -hmm. you get all these things. Even the TGB stuff, true, Mm -hmm. good, and beautiful if you're neglecting that spiritual component of training your children to recognize the voice of God, you, you have to shift it. And that's so, so hard. And if you're listening and you're a homeschool mom, only you understand that. <laughs> because there's so much pressure and we put so much pressure on ourselves. Well, and you just like when you said that, that last bit that you said that, you know, is, is what I'm doing, training my children. That, that hit for me because lately, oh, my goodness, I feel like I don't have. I mean, I think everybody feels like they don't have enough time in the day, or you, you literally no, don't have enough you time in the day. No. And I have been so stressed out because there had been a pile of laundry on my couch for like a week, and it just kept on piling up, and I could do a little bit here and there, and that was it. The dish, my dishwasher broke. So <gasps> dishes are just <sighs> piling up, and I have to do like, I'm doing like three or four loads oh. on the counter, and I'm still not getting through them. And I'm trying to get homework done and I'm trying to get the kids to their doctor's appointments and I'm trying to do all those other stuff that I have. And I have been unbelievably stressed out because now I've taken on crocheting all of the nieces and nephews birthday or Christmas presents and trying to find time for that. And then I've also wanted to do, um, you know, add on, you know, doing some stuff with my crochet to try to sell it at um, like a certain event. I don't think that I can do it because I just don't have the time. And I have been so incredibly stressed out about it. I've been recently yelling more and I've been, I don't know, just that crazy mom. Like you see me at the store and you go, oh, the poor kids. Like (laughs) I'm that mom right now, but we just don't go out very much. So it's like nobody's there saying it. Except for God. All the time. (laughs) Well, which goes back to that being full of so much stuff. Yeah. And we don't have the capacity to be generous Mm -hmm. with our Well, see, and that's that's one thing that I have a hard time with is, like, I want to be, you know, I was talking to God about this today. Like, I don't want to be that mom. I don't want to get so stressed out and so upset and all this stuff that I start yelling at my kids and I storm off or I tell them they have to go outside and all this stuff. And, like, I know that I'm not ever going to be perfect. I'm going to raise my voice. I'm going to get angry. I'm going to have to walk away. That's totally fine. But I want to see a change. Yeah. But, like, I want to see a change in me. Like, I'm at a point right now, and I kind of ebb and flow. 
that, yeah. you know, I just, I get so angry and I have a hard time, like, you know, tempering that. And, but I want to be generous with my kids in terms of, you know, just not looking at me, 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 this is upsetting me and all mm-hmm. of this stuff. I want to form them to be able to hear the voice of God. And it's like, I think that's one of the questions that I have right now, and I'm not necessarily seeking an answer at the moment, but like, you know, because I don't know if there is one, but like, you know, I have all these normal day-to-day things that I have to do. And then I have a couple of extracurriculars, but they're not super time consuming, but I'm still so stressed out and I don't have enough time to do anything else or to get it all done. So like, how do you, and I think that's just one of those I guess learning those coping mechanisms Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and all of that, you know, learning better coping Mm -hmm. mechanisms, learning to pray with God. One of the things going back to the social media, I used to take a break and I'd sit in my room, sit down and get on my phone. But I take out my phone and I would just scroll, 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 scroll. And then I'd go out and I'm still still irritable. I'm still upset. I didn't actually rest. All I did was distract. That's yeah. all I did. Mm-hmm. So I started going, okay, I need to invite God into this. So I started doing this. It didn't seem to make much of a difference for a while. I don't know why, but God allowed it not to make a difference. But I kept striving in it and I kept going back to it because I knew God had taught me he is the answer. So even though it's not adding up right now and it's not seeming to help my mood right now, like I have to keep persevering in this because he is the answer. I want him to be my means and my end. That is what I want. Mm-hmm. And so he has to be involved in this. And it has over time slowly changed where I can now I'll go and take a break and I can feel myself pick up the phone and I go, nope, I got to put it down. Mm-hmm. Or I struggle a little bit with it and I, have, I put it down. I bring God into it for a bit, you know, with that phone out of my hand because otherwise I'll just be thinking about it. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> thinking about that distraction from what I'm feeling. But um, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's a distraction mm-hmm. from what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And I think distractions can be fine. But if that is your means for dealing with things, it's, right. I, I mean, for me personally, and I would assume that this would be an, an in general thing. Like if distraction is your means for coping, then you're not actually coping. Yeah, definitely right? not. Yeah. You know, like if, if that's all you're doing because you're just pushing those feelings down, you're pushing all of that down and, you know, hiding it underneath a Band-Aid. And then when you go back out to all these things, that Band-Aid pops off and it, that wound is exposed again. Right. And I was thinking about something that Annie said, and then you, what you just said also like tied right into it perfectly. Annie was talking about, like sometimes we get so much into church stuff too, that it gets piled up and we, it starts kind of not being what it needs to be. But we hear so much about stewardship and how we have to give of our time or our talent or our treasure. And those things can be very stressful and, and I was trying to think about, like, if we don't feel like we have the time and we don't maybe, are, like, are, we're tired of or we're worn out of our talents and we, you know, we don't have much treasure to give. Like, you know, this, these things become stressors because we feel like we're not being good parishioners when we can't do those things. And... Um, or we are doing too many of those things and we're stressing out and, again, not being very good parishioners because we're something you just said a second ago about bringing God in. Everything has to be rightly ordered. Mm-hmm. And if it's not rightly ordered, your time, your talent, and treasure, your all the activities you do with your family, all the, the social media and everything, nothing is going to fix anything if things aren't rightly ordered. And I think you 
you said it perfectly a second ago, Alicia, that God has to be in it. And I, Lauren has said that millions, millions of times on this podcast that if we can't do these things on our own, if we're not letting God in to help us be temperate, help us to be generous, or help us to, you know, look towards him, then it's not going to happen. It's going to continuously feel like it's not working. We have to have everything God mm-hmm. first. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we have to um, be able to recognize, like, what we need to do, like, for, our, like, it's, um, it would be called self-care, but, like, really that soul care. Mm-hmm. Like, care for, you know, and we, um, like, you're not, rather than just distracting by scrolling on the phone. But uh, I was really good about doing this when I um, did, like, the Magnify 90 or, like, during Lent, I always give up. Facebook every year because I know it's a vice of mine. Um, and I'm always so good at it <laughs> during Lent. And then Easter comes and it's like, oh, I'm feasting on the social media. And then it just is, you know, all the rest of the year I'm like, oh, well, I, I'm i just going to hold off till Lent again. Uh-huh. Um, well, we've been kind of talking about, you know, all the ways that temperance is working through in our lives and, and how it looks in our lives and how God is moving Um us toward temperance uh, in our lives. But we haven't talked a lot about generosity, although we've woven it kind of within the conversation. But generosity um, in my life, I just wanted to talk briefly. This is one of the big virtues that I struggle with that the Lord has for years now been trying to teach me um, his vision for my life and what he desires from me in terms of the virtues, and I want to say t- before I start talking about that, and then we can chat some more. The fact that we're all here eagerly desiring the virtues is obedient and good <laughs> to scripture. The fact that we don't have it down yet is okay. Um, God, you know, this the apostle Paul says, eagerly desire all of the spiritual gifts, and some of these virtues are tied directly to giving gifts from God that He places inside of you. So eagerly desiring them is the part that we play. God is the one that works these virtues into our spirit. What we have to do is obey him when those little nudges come. And then he begins to crack that open a little bit and pour more of his spirit into it. That's just how this works. But for me, generosity of spirit takes the biggest role in the way that I respond to the demands on my time by my family members. I have each morning a way that I want this day to go. I know the way it needs to go. I know what chores need to be done. I know what homework needs to be done. I know who needs to take a bath, who needs a haircut, who needs to practice piano, who needs it. I have all these things in my head as a mom, plus all the stuff I have to do for my job. And and it's really, really tempting for me personally to just kind of command the day what happens a lot is that the Lord shows up in the middle of all my planning and says, this child needs some attention today, or this child needs you to break away and give them what you need, or we need to return the, turn this a different direction because things aren't going well. And there's opportunities here for coaching, um, behavior issues. or And so the temptation for me is just to say, well, we'll have to deal with that later because we have all these things. When what the Lord is saying is, this is the opportunity you asked for to coach your child toward heaven. 
I'm giving it to you. You're just going to have to put that aside. And that's what Stacy was talking about a little bit with learning how to flex on that schedule a little and, and, to, and to let things be unchecked, even the important things sometimes, because nobody's going to die if it happens and it happens to all of us anyway. So we might as well let the Lord be the one that determines when we drop the ball, which we're going to drop often because that's just who we are as creatures. But I think for me, it's being able to break away. And so when I was talking earlier about breaking away from technology, social media, smartphones, this last few years has been a constant thinking about is this enabling me to be have a generous spirit towards my children? And generosity really means, in terms of the, the idea of generosity of spirit, it's being open-handed with your gifts. It's being open-handed for whoever comes to you. And Mother Teresa always comes to mind with this mm -hmm. because she's the perfect model for mothers on being open-handed with her time. And with, she, I mean, anybody that worked for her would tell you that she, she got stuff done. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't like she was just like, well, whatever, all day. There were things that she got done. And great saint, St. Teresa of Avila, she got stuff done. But generosity of spirit has to do with an interior attitude of detachment, like Alicia was talking about, where you're willing to just let things go and listen to what is happening around you. I could not believe how much I wasn't looking at my children's faces. Throughout the day, I was seeing my children. They're right in front of me. Yes. You can't not see them or hear them. But I wasn't listening to their facial expressions. I wasn't thinking about the way their tone changed. Sometimes a kid will just have a look on their face that isn't a normal look that they have. And there's something going on in that child's spirit that that child doesn't even know. But the mama knows. I missed that when I was scrolling on my phone. Mm -hmm. I missed that a lot of times. And what I want to say specifically about generosity and motherhood for me is to tell all of you either at this table or they're listening that it costs somebody something when we choose to do the things that are not serving our family and serving us. It's not a victimless crime here. And I'm not saying it's actually a crime. You know what I'm saying? Every time we don't choose to do what is best and what is good, it's taking us a step away. Something is being cost. Something mm -hmm. is being missed, especially when we ignore the promptings of God. Mm -hmm. And so I don't want to sound all like fire and brimstone -y, but I say this from my own experience of having experienced the, the consequences mm -hmm. of not really being present to my children with my face and my body and my eyes mm -hmm. and, and, and not taking those breaks that actually refueled me versus just distracted me. Like Alicia said so well, it cost my family for many years. And I saw the benefit. I saw that I'm still paying the price for that today with my family. Mm -hmm. And so if I could be a cautionary tale for anyone, mm -hmm. pay attention, be available, waste time. With your kids. <laughs> Waste time. I hate that so much. <laughs> I'm such a choleric. And even saying those words now, after the Lord has been teaching me so much, still just, <gasps> like, I, just, I hate <laughs> wasting time. I hate not being 
something that means something. Like it always has to mean mm-hmm. something. It's actually sometimes I read this the other day. It was so funny that we were made to fart around. <laughs> like, have y'all seen that? Like it was, it was, I'll have to share it and maybe you can link it to them. It's some <laughs> quote about how we're just made to kind of fart around with each other. Like that's what we're here for. And I thought it was so cute and sweet. And obviously that's not only what we're made to, but I think it says something about being generous. If you're willing to just do something just because somebody else wants to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that also go. Uh, we have a lot of listeners that aren't moms and that goes like with like any of your other family members too, or your friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's lots of times, um, you know, we try to make time for our friends that we all get so busy. And I think, you know, we just had all souls day and all saints day. And I think of Memento Mori, we're not promised tomorrow. And, mm-hmm. you know, you take those, take those, you know, 30 minutes to go grab some coffee together or, you know, to call, you know, my best friend lives hundreds of miles away from me. I mean, we try to talk to each other on the phone at least once a month and just taking that time to talk, you know, you can't be face to face and send a letter or talk on the phone or whatever you can just, but you know, don't waste the those connections, those possible those little moments that you can have to make those connections and mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well see and you made me think about my my kids as well and how you know I've I've detached quite a bit from my phone, but I'm so involved in getting things done and productivity and trying to get the chores done, trying to get the schoolwork done, errands, all these different things. And this is a part and of motherhood. We have yeah, to do this. Stuff. They are, but the taking those vocation. breaks and I have a hard time too, just taking those breaks and being like, okay, I'm going to do this to have fun with my kids. Cause I'm like, things aren't getting done. And yeah, I was spending some time with my four year old the other day and I was just, we were playing and we were goofing around and just having a good time. And I realized, and for days, maybe I hadn't seen, these expressions. I hadn't seen right. that goofiness from him because I was just so focused on getting things done and right. it made me so sad. Mm-hmm. So, so, so very sad. But yeah, so I, I totally understand that. There is that balance to be made in your life so that you can be generous with the people around you and it almost, you can get lost. It's easy to lose that that focus in life. But um, I do want to bring up just real quick, kind of veering just um, away from talking about, about our kids. Um, in terms of generosity, and I don't know that we've actually said it, but in terms of the seven virtues that defeat the seven deadly sins, generosity defeats greed. And I have been on kind of the pendulum where I have been very greedy and then been generous, but it was like very undergirded by greed. And so it wasn't really generosity. It was just generosity on its face. So Gotta start somewhere. Yeah, you gotta start somewhere. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So, step is a step. Yeah. So generosity, like throughout my adulthood. And there's that humility again. Yeah. <laughs> but recognizing it. Yeah, mm-hmm. trying to. But yeah, so um, I've had a hard time with being generous. I have my stuff and I want to keep my stuff. And so when you know, we get done with having people over for dinner and my husband's like, Hey, you know, make sure to offer them some food. I'm like, you know, they get a small portion. <laughs> I want to keep the rest of this for my family. Those are the thoughts that go through my head. I'm a terrible person, but no. it's because groceries are expensive. <laughs> but so, you know, I, I kind of have this meeting my in-laws. They are some of the most generous people I've ever met in my life. And 
they have been a, a wonderful example to me on how to live out generosity in my life. And how, like, you know, just when I have those struggles, looking at them and going, wow, like, you know, they're so generous with people and looking at my husband coming from that family and how generous he is. It's been a beautiful example. And God's really like worked his way in my heart by through that example. Um, but I remember before, or I guess when my husband and I were first dating, um, I worked at a local pregnancy center and this is so sad to say, but I, I remember wanting people to come in wanting abortions. That's awful, right? I saw the eyebrows raised. That's awful because I wanted to help them Mm -hmm. because I wanted to be the one to help them. So I was there, but it was for me. And so when people would come in and they'd say, oh, yeah, I'm going to keep my baby. I was disappointed. Mm. How awful is that? Well, OK. Yeah. Yes and no. <laughs> I this just did not the, know that's where you were going. That's the no. zeal of, yeah, of someone wanting to take part and to help bring about the kingdom of God. So okay. actually, no. Well, see, it, for it, me, it wasn't a religious thing at all, though, like because this was before my conversion. I don't know if that's if that's well, but it was probably part. It was part of your conversion, though, as you were passionate about saving lives, which brings about the kingdom of God. Well, this is true. You wanted to help, Mm -hmm. and so I think it came from a good place. Mm -hmm. Well, see, I think it it was kind of a mixture. Like looking back, Mm -hmm. it was a mixture. I wanted to help. I felt called to help people for since my my young childhood. I felt called to help people, and this was the way to do so. But because I think I didn't have. Um, I was very prideful and I was very greedy. It was all about me mm-hmm. for at least 99% of it was about me. Yeah. I wanted to help that person. I wanted to save that life. I wanted to keep her from going through that, that bad choice, but it was all about me. And then switching over <laughs> on the other end, I guess, maybe of the pendulum is like recently, very like last weekend, I, um, went outside Planned Parenthood to pray with um, some group of friends and there were counter protesters there and they were being obscene, just like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They were being very um, vulgar Mm -hmm. with the music that they were blaring and the things that they were doing. Um, It was disturbing. And uh, they were trying to distract us from prayer and just, you know, just mock, just, you know, be rude. Their signs had horrible, said horrible things, all that kind of stuff that, you know, you might expect from counter protesters in, in that in that um, arena, and um, but I wanted to be there because I felt the seal for God. Like I wanted, like I, we got there and we started praying a rosary and we were praying for them and we were praying for these mothers and their children and these these fathers and you know for the people who are passing by, praying for conversions and all of these things. And I had that zeal for that and I wanted that and I wanted God to enter into all of these people so badly. So I, I wanted to be generous with my time in that, like, I, you know, I signed up for an hour and I wanted to be there for so much longer. But then there are these people who were there with me who were uncomfortable and they didn't want me to stay there by myself. The, the, the person who was putting it on said that they didn't want anybody staying there by themselves because of some of the things that these um, counter protesters had done. Um, and I was like, no, it's OK, I'll stay. It's fine. <laughs> Like, I want to be here. And they're like, these people I was with, they're with, they're like, you know, well, we're uncomfortable about this. Let's just, let's just not. So there was that generosity. But again, it was kind of undergirded by almost this prideful kind of greed that like, 
I wanted to be there despite how uncomfortable it was making my friends mm-hmm. and how, you know, maybe it was could have put me in kind of um, a dangerous place, possibly. Um, well, I don't know about danger. They weren't being violent or anything like that, but in a in a way, a dangerous place or whatever. But I've got my kids at home and I've got my husband and they don't need to go through, you know, cops being called on me or anything like that. You know what I mean? Or whatever might have happened if I were there by myself. Yeah, so I, I just find that interesting that I've kind of been on like both ends of the pendulum and I've experienced a little bit of that sin within that mm-hmm, virtue mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or whatever, that that can kind of be intermingled with one another and you have to learn how to, I think that's just a part of the process yep. of learning these virtues and growing in holiness is that you learn how to weed out that pride or that, that sin from that virtue and how difficult that is. And I think one thing we also have to remember is you're talking about this pendulum here. The saints, there are so many saints that were there too. Like, yeah. I mean, there are saints that were very gluttonous and things and, and you know, uh, and lustful, which we'll get into some of that um, next episode. But, you know, we get, you know, I think sometimes when we talk about these things, people think they have to be perfect in them. And it is continuously a process, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not just a can always going forward either. We go forward and we go back and we go forward and we go back. And then sometimes it's two steps forward and 20 steps back. And it's just we but the point is, is that we are persevering in that continuously trying to move forward, that even when we do go back into these bad habits or these things that aren't good for us that we do continue to try and we don't get, we don't give up. We don't lose hope in, in growing in our sanctification. I guess what I'm saying. So. And one of the things that makes the difference between a, a person who is striving and a person who will become a saint is not getting so deeply discouraged when you fall on your face. Mm-hmm. And um, because that is a tool of the enemy to keep you down and to keep you in check and to keep you from striving and to keep you from becoming and receiving what God has for you. So I think it's, it's, it has to do with humility. Um, I fell, I messed up, I did it again and getting right back up and getting back on the trail and quickly without feeling as if the world will end because you don't have the virtues down perfectly because I assure you, friend, it won't. Mm -hmm. And that's by looking at God. Stop looking at yourself and saying, oh, what was me? Which is a really hard thing to do. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I've experienced it. You don't want to. You go, God, please help me. And then you feel that lift and you're like, nah, I kind of want to just stay in this. Oh, yeah. Looking at myself. But you look towards God. You invite God into it and he can lift you up. as always thank you for joining us thanks thank you join us again in two weeks until then may god bless you and may mary accompany you coffee and catholics is a proud partner of the smart catholics podcast network find new shows to love meet like-minded catholics and join the community at smartcatholics.com